Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is me, Jess Bubbaco. Maybe I should say it is I, Jess Bubbaco, and Amanda Foley. We are here today. We're going to be talking about just a re um, a reconnection, a reestablishment of connection with strategy and authority in your human design. Um, if you are like, ah, I got it. I've been doing human design for like a million years. I don't need to revisit it. I just invite you to keep an open, curious mind and heart today because, um, maybe you hear something in a different way than you've heard it before. So Amanda, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Good to be here. Glad to have you. We're going to do kind of like a quick down and dirty of all the strategy and authorities. I want to start with a little bit, well, we're just going to do strategy today, but I want to talk about, um, like, I want to give a little bit of background and backstory on why we're doing this and also invite everybody to join us for our 30 day challenge. That's going to be starting on October 1st. Um, this podcast is coming out like September 24th. So you got a week to jump on it with us and to join us for our 30 day strategy and authority challenge. So one of the things that has been pivotally helpful for me in my five year um, is having someone to talk to about strategy and authority because it is easy. Listen, I've been doing uh, intuitive work for the last 10 years. I um, have been in this sort of like online industry world for the past, like full-time past five years, but in it for longer than that. Um, And one of the things that I find happens a lot for me is distraction. I can know something in my body, but my mind will get distracted if I'm scrolling, scrolling Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, or I'm getting a lot of emails. Um, sometimes I will, my, I'll get a creative urge because I'm a manifester and something will come through me. And then I will be, um, my mind still wants to step in and try to tell me like, okay, well then do this and do that and do this versus just like letting myself go like, all that came today was this urge. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to get excited and have an urge about another thing that I'm going to create in the future versus like letting the mind step in to constantly try to figure out how to bring things to life once they come to me. So it's been incredibly helpful to have Amanda to be able to be like, Amanda, I've got this urge to do this. And then going like, I think I should blah, blah. And she's like, wait, just come back to the urge. What was the thing that came through for you? And I think, Amanda, you can speak from your own perspective how this has worked out for you. But um, I think from a generator perspective too, having somebody who can be like, hey, that's not lighting you up. You're frustrated every time you go spend time with those people or every time you do this, that, or the other thing. So if you want to share a little Mm -hmm. bit about your own experience of kind of like having space to talk about strategy and authority as it relates to your everyday life. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I think it's so easy. You know, when I found human design, I think we go so much into type and profile and we look at all of these things and not that we don't learn about our strategy and authority, but I kind of feel like I took it for granted. And I thought, Oh, you know, I have a sacral response and I'm, I'm meant to, you know, respond from my gut. And you, I would think that, or I would think like, Oh, I'm here to respond. But I was like, what does that really mean? And I think you can go through it, especially as a generator sometimes, because it's like you, I don't know, I feel like we get like a little lost sometimes when we are out there adrift on our own, because it sort of has to be self-inspired versus being in something with someone like, so again, like you're saying with the two of us together, it helps me to remember to come back to those things too. Cause like when you can see it in me, I'm like, oh yeah. And I feel like we do that for each other. It's like, we're like accountability partners except instead of like exercise, it's strategy and authority. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. For sure. As you, 
as you were just talking, I was thinking to myself, if we go with the car analogy, like the human design car analogy, mm-hmm. it's like your strategy and authority are the um, accelerator pedal and the stop pedal and probably like the ignition turning it on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't, you have to keep coming back to it because maybe you're, um, you know, if again, it's like, okay, if you look at your profile lines, your conscious profile line might be the exterior of the car. And then yeah. your unconscious profile line might be the interior of the car, right? And then you can be like, oh, I have these gates and channels, which right. might be like where the buttons are located on the door or- But on they're the no good to cars. you, right? If you can't turn it on. <laughs> exactly. Like the yeah. car isn't going to get you anywhere unless you can press the accelerator and press the stop pedals. So, mm-hmm. um, and have that like ignition turned on. So I think no matter what, we have to constantly remind ourselves. Um, I interviewed a gentleman who's going to be talking, Werner Pitzel, who talks about the um, the integral human design. And he said, you know, most people, when they start to get into human design, they're trying to get out of their minds, but they end up getting more into their minds mm-hmm. because we start to overanalyze the nuance. And I think sometimes people do that because they're trying to justify how they feel. Mm-hmm. And going like something about that knowledge doesn't quite sit with me. So like, but what if this or what if that? And I think the thing that you and I are wanting to do is invite people to to just get into your body. Don't worry about the nuance. Don't worry about thinking too much. Take the information, go play with it, and then see what happens as a result in your life. Because we're running our 30-day challenge starting October 1st. And basically you get to join this group with the purchase of uh, a journal. It was going to be a physical journal and it will be a physical journal at some point, but right now it is a um, online journal. So it'll be, it's digital and you can fill it in. It's a fillable journal, um, but we're going to have 30 different, maybe there's 30 different people who are all generators with the same strategy, but they're going to experience it different based on their life experiences, based on upon what's happening in their life. So really, we're not doing this to go figure out strategy and authority and make it perfect. We're just going, come play. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens if for 30 days you get out of your head and you get into your body mm-hmm. and follow your strategy and authority. And like, I'll just respond to one thing you said too, when you talked about um, your conversation with Warner Pitzel, it made me think about how you know, we can get caught in the knowledge. And I think even getting caught in the knowledge of strategy and authority can happen, right? Because it's like, you're thinking, oh, am I responding? Instead of just allowing your body to be in a space to respond or call things in, or same with your authority too. It's like catching that split second between when my sacral says yes, and my mind comes in and maybe says no, or something like that too. So even it's possible to overthink anything. So I think even having the accountability partners in a community or like what you and I do for each other helps us to really think, are we truly responding or are we truly following our strategy and authority? Or are we thinking, are we still thinking about it too? So there's even like, I think that little nuance that can help when you do this with other people, avoid getting caught in that loop of thinking. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the the beauty, like the past few days, I've felt very creative and you were like, you're in such an urge right now. And even that reflection to go like, oh my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. And what does that feel like? And also recognizing that all this stuff that's wanting to be birthed, I'm probably going to need to inform people and have help with like bringing it forward. So yeah, I think we're basically when you purchase the journal, you're going to get access to our 15 collective online um portal. It's an online circle community and you'll get to connect with other people. We're calling it a collective because we want people to feel like they are, we're all flowers in a garden that are growing together and supporting each other. makes me think about, we were just out in Colorado. In Colorado, we look at the aspen trees and they look like they're separate, but they're actually connected via um, a really beautiful web of their roots. And they're all on like, I think they're all one root system could be wrong, but that's kind of what we want. We want to to create a space where everybody's roots can nourish each other and grow mm-hmm. together. And it comes back to that beautiful age old uh, adage from Richard Rudd, which is how can I be of greatest service to the whole? And I think mm-hmm. when we plant ourselves in a garden amongst other people, we are able to grow together and be of service to self and others. And when we give, we receive, when we receive, we give, et cetera. So mm-hmm. It is going to be very fun. We're excited. The journal's 33 bucks, and that is what it is for the entire challenge for the month. So we will put a link down below so that you can go and check it out. And uh, we hope to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. I want to just kind of let's talk about the different um, 
human design strategies. We're going to mm-hmm. give our take on it in the journal. We give pretty much the beginning part of the journal. We give like our philosophy. We give the lowdown on why we chose a 15 collective. We also talk about the power of intention as it relates to your um, strategy and authority moving through life. And then we give our own kind of definitions of what strategy means, giving them a little bit more of a descriptor because mm-hmm. What does it mean to initiate? Like, what does it mean to inform? What does it mean to respond? So we actually gave some narratives as well as some um, nice, I think they're nice, Mm -hmm. stories and real life examples of people following them and what happened in their lives. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I think what it was is like teasing it out was helpful. Even, you know, it's like we, again, like they're words we hear all the time and we kind of take for granted. But I feel like even spending the time to really think about like, what do these mean? at a deeper level, right? And like, what are the other elements beyond just those words too, which I think also will be helpful for people. I mean, I think so much of human design too is um, is subjective, like we, and which I think is why it's helpful to read information from a lot of people or maybe not helpful sometimes, just depending, it can be confusing too. But I also think sometimes broadening your perspective of something helps you find the piece within that that resonates with you too. And so I feel like I was really proud of what we did and how we kind of like talked it out and- and turned it into um, what I think is like really clear definitions of all of them. I do too. Yeah. I think anything that comes into your mind, the way I see it coming in knowledge of any kind, just information to go, how does this resonate for me? And what does this Mm -hmm. mean to me? And so we put in the journal, you'll see there's lots of questions that um, basically are saying like, Hey, (laughs) what does this mean to you? Like, what does strategy mean to you? You just followed your responding for the last 10 days, how has your idea of responding changed from day one to day 10? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the the true, uh, at least one of my intentions for the journal is for people to be able to say to themselves like, oh, I did experience a change over 30 days. And here's how I understand myself more. And I trust myself more. And I, you know, I'm in my body more Mm -hmm. um, as well as that community aspect and peace as well, which you don't have to participate if you don't want to, but I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I learn something when we do these things too. Like my Me perception too. always changes. So I'm excited to do it. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dive in. Let's start talking about the different strategies. So let's talk about the manifester strategy first. I'm going to speak from my experience. If you are a manifester, you love a manifester, you know a manifester, <laughs> run this through your lens. How does it resonate for you? What comes up for you? So when I um, think about the manifester strategy, we basically took it. Most of these actually we broke out into three parts. So we said for the manifester strategy, the idea is follow your urge, inform, and initiate. And I will just speak from my own experience. When I was a man, when I first found out I was a manifester back in the day, I was like, oh, the the only words I heard were initiate. So I was constantly initiating all of the time. And sometimes I was also initiating from my ideas and not from my urges because, um, or I could see someone doing something and I would maybe feel angered by what they were doing uh, in my not self theme. And then I would want to go and initiate. However, what I wasn't doing was always the first step, the very first step. Um, And so I just thought, oh, it's always my responsibility to initiate. I'll go do that. So when we look at the manifester strategy, the strategy is follow your creative urges. Manifestors go through dips and cycle rest. They go through rest cycles and creative cycles and rest cycles and creative cycles. And we know that your rest cycle is designed to um, help you rest. So that way you can, uh, during your creative cycle, you have energy to go and create. And during that rest cycle, somebody is hopefully helping you to carry out whatever the urges that has come through you. Um, Because if you remember, most of the other types are here to respond or to be invited in or whatever it may be. So you kind of, you just, you are, you do the first part. And so when, when I set, when we separate it out, it's follow your urge, inform and initiate. So just to give an example of what this means. Amanda and I obviously had been doing our thing, just like supporting each other, moving forward in our lives with our strategy and authority. It wasn't anything too formal. We just constantly were like bringing each other back to it when we were found ourselves in our minds. And I don't know what was going on, but I had found myself in my head. Amanda said something to me like, 
Jess, like, do you have any urges right now? Or like, what, what's, what urges are present? And I was like, I don't. And so I just like stopped. It's like, get out of your head, just stop. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna do things that feel good. I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna put myself in really nice environments and see what the next urge is that comes through me. And so I had this urge come through. I'm like, I really wanna do a 30 day strategy and authority journal. Like I really wanna do it. And it wasn't a fleeting idea. It wasn't that someone said, oh, strategy and authority is a good idea, this and that. It was like this thing. I was like, I I really want to do this. I didn't say anything. I slept on it. And then I was like, no, this is an urge. It's here in my body. I have the creative energy. I had already created, like, I was like, I'm ready to create a Canva document. Like I'm ready to whatever. And so what did I do? I said, okay, the urge is here. I feel it in my body. The creative, when I say urge, what it feels like is someone took a bunch of energy and put it inside of me. It's almost like if you go to the store and you buy a pack of crayons, like an idea is like something that floats through my head. It's like somebody took crayons, they took something, they gave me creative energy and they put it in my body and they said, now go and create it. And I say that because if I'm a body and I have an energy field, something extra inside of it feels there feels like there's pressure to it. Like I have to get it out, right? I have to move it. So I was like, okay, I feel it in my energy field. I feel it in my body. I feel like it's got a lot of creative potential to it. And I, I was said to myself, who do I need to inform? And I said, I don't want to do this by myself. It's more fun to do it with somebody else. So I informed Amanda and I said, Amanda, I'm thinking of doing a strategy and authority journal. Would you like to do it with me? And then she can explain from her own sacral response. She was like, yeah, let's do it. And that's when the initiation came in. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay. Then I was like, okay. And I sat down and I was like, I have this thing that I sent out through Substack once. I'm going to start a KDP journal and do this. I'm going to do this. And Amanda's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> right. And then we started creating it. So I think the thing with manifestors is it's important first to come back to the urge, the creative mm-hmm. urge. It's not just about initiating all the time. It's about getting the urge and then informing, tell people, like I told um, our virtual assistant, I was like, hey, um, we're going to, her name's Shelly. She's amazing. I'm like, hey, we're going to do this. And I said to her, I was like, I don't know what we need yet, but I'm just informing you. So you know, <laughs> something's happening, right? Um, I informed our uh, my audience, like all these kinds of things that is that, that informing that urge the informing gave space to then go and create and initiate. And it, the, inf- what all the informing does is it basically goes, Hey kids, five more minutes to play before we leave and go home. Right. It gives that warning sign to people to say something in the energies, not a warning sign, just a shout out to say something in the energy is about to change. We're all going to be doing different things. We need to change positions that we're in or it tells our friends, like we're, we're leaving, your house is going to come back to you, whatever. So mm-hmm. that to me, and, and then that's where the initiation happens and it can happen quickly depending upon your authority. Um, but it's not meant to be a slow process. It's just meant to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I can see, I see now your urges versus your rest cycles now too, right? Like, cause we've been working together for like quite a while now. I like, that's why even when you were texting me when I was on the plane yesterday, I was like, you were like, I'm going to do this and I want to do this and I'm thinking this. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, she's like, you know, it's back. And not that I feel like you ever go into a, like a really fallow period. I never see that from you, but <clears throat> I can definitely see the surge in your energy, like the surge from the urge when it comes <laughs> in. And then the other thing I would just want to add to that too, is that the other piece of it, even beyond the urge, and maybe this is kind of part of an urge too, but I know like there's been a couple of times and we've talked about this before, maybe on one of the podcasts, but how like when you have something, you either have to tell somebody or like you decide maybe you don't feel like doing something and you always sort of like worry about, you know, but I don't want to have to let the person down or whatever. But then I always, I always will say to you, but Jess, if you just inform them and tell them, you know, like why or whatever, it will be fine if you wait and don't tell them to the last minute, or if you go and do it and then you're there and your energy is not like, you don't really have the urge 
to be there or whatever. I I don't know if you can apply it that way. I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like it is sort of an, that is sort of an urge of its own. So like, even in a more day-to-day, if people aren't thinking about it from like a huge creative perspective, even just like feeling your urges, I would say like in terms of what you have the energy for on a day-to-day basis. A great way to put it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just, um, I will say my sister's a sacral MG and, um, she keeps asking me about Thanksgiving and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to come yet. Like I, my emotional wave hasn't decided, but because I haven't, she, and she kept saying, she said to me the other day, she's like, what date do you think you will know by? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but it'll I be realize, an urge. You won't know exactly. If you have to go but not. I realize that I have to say, like, I still have to inform her of like, Hey, I'll decide by November 1st or I'll decide by this date or this date. Because what people, I think what people don't realize from a manifesto perspective is that they're, I don't know, you could tell me how you perceive my energy, but I think, or other manifestors, there's like an unpredictability at times because mm-hmm. I think life feels unpredictable to me. I'm like, I don't know. In six months, I could want to do this if it comes from an urge. You're kind mm-hmm. of always waiting for this like thing to move through you and move you. Um, and so I think other people sense that. And so they're they're, and we'll get to this with MGs too, because it's mm-hmm. just as important for them. They need like you just have to inform, like, hey, I don't know yet. I'll know mm-hmm. by potentially this date. And if that changes, I'll inform you closer to that. Right. Like I never ask an MG to commit. And even like when I talk with friends that are like dating or married to an MG, like I say to them all the time, like you have to sort of allow them to change their mind. So it is like, there's a lot of nuance, even in the date, like the day to day, I feel like that sort of comes with it too. I wouldn't say that you're unpredictable, but like what I do see sometimes is if you commit energy to something that maybe didn't come from an urge, then I'll see, I will see you start to like kind of peter out on it too. So like what I think is cool that you do, and I know we're not talking about authority today, but knowing that you are an emotional authority that takes time when you wave on what may or may not be an urge to pursue, I think you end up making choices that you're, you're, you can sustain Yes. in terms of the projects. So it's like, I've seen sort of, I feel like I've worked with you and talked with you obviously enough to like sort of see kind of lots of different perspectives from it. And it's, and it's interesting. I mean, I think sometimes there's so many of us generators floating around that like, not to say that we have an easy strategy to understand, but I think for me, it's almost more fascinating to dive into the strategies for the manifestors, the projectors and the reflectors. Cause I think they're the ones that not to say they get neglected, but I don't think anybody really dives into them. So like this, I think this is just really interesting for, for manifestors out there to sort of have this like broad view of like all the different ways it can play out. Totally. And the last thing I'll say, and then we'll go into generators on that. When I, when it doesn't come from an urge, it's never fruitful and abundant for me. Mm -hmm. Like I've had certain things that I've launched from an urge and um, they've, they've been successful And then I'm like, let me repeat that. Let me do that again. And then it's like crickets. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Why? Because it came from my mind. Mm -hmm. It did not come from an urge. Um, Even like this trip I'm taking to Spain, I had been invited months ago. And then I was like, no, it doesn't feel right. And then I just got the urge. I was like, I want to come. And I just informed my friend and I was like, I'm coming. Um, but it came, it wasn't birthed out of thought or response. It was birthed out of, okay, something in my body's telling me let's go. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the generators. That would be mm-hmm. you. That would be me. You know, it's so interesting too. So like, you know, again, the generator strategy to respond. Right. And again, I think like similar to projectors, generators hear that and they think, Am I supposed to just wait around for a manifestor to come? And, you know, but I think what I have found, and we talked about like the, you know, teasing these out a little bit um, deeper than just that first, you know, like, or just that one, whatever the, what is that with it? The two comes before the verb. I can't remember. My brain's tired this oh my week. God. Mm-hmm. There's a, okay. there's a grammar name for that particle of speech. And I don't remember what it is, but anyway, we, the way when we thought we thought actually you helped me think about this too and it's I feel like I was applying it in some ways but I I wasn't articulating it like this but it's really about slowing down and I think about that even in my own life is you know when when we can slow down 
we actually become more magnetic and things come to us too. So like for me, for me, and I know you agree, like we've talked about this, like slowing down for a generator is really important. And that can feel really hard because we have energy that wants to go and feels like we need to be doing and creating and building and mastering something. Um, but in those periods, which I kind of call them like the void period, or like sometimes like I've heard other people use this term and I like it too, the magic dark, where you feel like you don't have anything to respond to and it can feel very unsettling and un you feel a little unmoored. I don't know what to, where to put my energy, but if you focus on things that you love, even if they're not related to work, it could be anything. I mean, like taking your dog for a walk, like giving yourself an afternoon to binge watch television and not feeling like that means you're lazy or not using your energy wisely. I find that nine times out of 10, when I can actually slow down and just do something that feels fun to me, something shows up. And I think it's, you know, and like you're saying, and we're talking about like feeling the urges or responding from the body. What I also have found is that when I have initiated things as a generator, like say I was like, I have to write website copy. And I was like, this is what it's going to look like. And I just dive in and write this website copy, but I, it was forced. It wasn't it didn't come through me like in response to something, even an idea or something I heard or read. Usually that will, something will always sort of inspire me to get started. It's like, I have an initiator. If, if, even if it's, I don't know anything, it doesn't always, I feel like even have to be a person. I could listen to a podcast and it makes me, it makes my mind go down a train of thought, which then leads me to some sort of download that then I go and run with or whatever. But I have found that when I forced, I end up having to redo things when I allow my, when I allow it to flow through my body in response to something, um, you know, and I feel like in some ways there's so many, as we talk about this more, there's so many like, um, threads that pull through all the different types, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, they're really not all the strategies they're different, but they're really not all that different at their core. Cause it's just, it's the way it's moving through us. And it, it almost is like the way we then channel something out into the world. And, and it has to come from that like very pure place of our bodies. But Anyway, so for me, like when I slow down, I do something that's fun. Um, even like when I had no idea what I was going to do with my work and I felt very unfulfilled, I took a break from work and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all this time? Well, I had no problem filling my time. I just found like a gazillion hobbies and I studied, you know, like learned about human design. I did all these things and I loved all of it. And when I was in that space of feeling so good and lit up, all of these people started to appear and I started to meet people and have conversations. And it's as a generator, I think the challenge too, is that we really never can see very far beyond the next step. And so it's learning to really be trusting that the next step will show up to respond to in its time. And so I feel like that's probably the core. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but without going on forever and ever as of course I could about it. I think yeah. that's sort of the heart of it. I love it. I, I think there's a couple of things I've noticed because obviously your authority feels different in your body. And I, again, I think that's the benefit and beauty of like what you and I have done over the past, mm -hmm. like six months. Well, really like nine months at this point from January, February time is, um, you know, like even the way we met was really through you continuing to respond mm -hmm. to things until you, it's kind of like Frogger, like, you know, yeah. you kind of like move. It's like, I was on this side of the street, you were yeah. over here and, and I was like, kind of like, boop, boop. yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think we started talking about something. We like met up for a call and I was just like, do you want to connect? I'm like, this is like, I, then I think we were going to talk about something with business or something like that. And then I yeah, like, I, I don't remember. I think I actually even booked a session with you because I I was like interested in the gene keys, and you were starting but to like after that. Like oh, after, after that. we had met, I think we started. We were like, let's meet once a week and like see what happens. Oh yeah, and that was I, my last fall. Yes, you know what it was. I came and presented. To you you invited me, so you gave yeah. me something to respond to. I came and presented to your sacred six group about PR and human design, and then we started talking and that's sort of what led to messaging by design and all the other, but again, like we had no yeah. idea where it was. I didn't know you had an urge. I responded yeah. and like, we sort of did it step by step. And it's, I think it's been good in practice for me too, just even to practice patience as a generator. Cause I think we can tend to feel like, and I'm sure manifesting generators too, probably even maybe more so because their energy moves so quickly, but it's like, we want to go, but it's actually been really helpful for me to work with you as a manifester, because I feel like I actually, and that's why, again, the community, I think is so important because we sort of learn from each other, but in, in witnessing your energy, it's helped me to manage my own energy even mm -hmm. better too. So we can even see how like all the types fit together and work are meant to work together, which is pretty cool. 
Totally. And I'll just say too, again, from observing you, the idea, like we separated out to slow down, focus on what lights you up, see what Mm -hmm. shows up for you to respond to. Like over the past six weeks, you've had a bunch of stuff that didn't light you up that you were continuing to say yes to, that you were getting super frustrated by. And then one day, I don't know what happened. You were like, this effing yarn closet is driving me crazy. There's stuff <laughs> yeah, falling my yarn out closet. of it. You responded, you said no to something you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And you you had said, you woke up in the morning, you were like, I'm so exhausted. I don't want to do this thing that I have to do. And I was like, well, then just say no to it. Like if you're mm-hmm. sacral saying no, don't do it. And you ended up saying no. And you were like, I now have tons of energy. Like mm-hmm. I think that it yeah, was- it was like instant. Like, it, and it's yeah. funny because I'll wake up in the morning sometime. I remember this like for years and years, but I would wake up like when I was doing the work that I didn't love and I would be like, I'm so tired. Like I could have the best night's sleep. Although I didn't often because I didn't use my sacral energy in the right way either. Mm-hmm. Um, So I couldn't sleep at night. But even when I did, I would wake up exhausted at the thought of what I had to do that day. And yeah. so I think that's like, would be my- personal advice to generators that I'm sure a lot of them are already doing this, but it's like, think about what you have energy. Like, what do you have energy for? Even if you can't feel your sacral, like that's what I think sometimes for people too. They're like, well, I don't feel my sacral and I don't really feel my sacral. I feel my energy, which is coming from my sacral. So it's like, does it make me feel drained or does it make me feel excited? You know, and sometimes they're somewhere in between. Totally. And, and then in the reorganization of your yarn closet. Yes, that just cleared you, all kinds of energy. It cleared so much energy. <laughs> but, but what did it, it, you were responding to something in yes. your environment. I personally think generators need to put themselves in environments with aligned people because when they're mm-hmm. around aligned people, they end up having much yeah. more to respond to that yeah. feels good than being around like life-sucking people. Yes, um, or life draining people. And you reorganized the closet. You responded to the fact that you didn't like how it looked. Mm-hmm. And then it opened up, like you cleared all this space. All this and- stuff started happening. Well, you know, what's funny though about the closet too. And then we can move on too, because <laughs> we have to stay on generators all day. But the thing about that closet, that's funny is when I talked about slowing down, when I wasn't sure what I was going to do for work. And I took my consulting break, which anyone that's listened to us talk before knows about that yarn closet, which was full of like, a lot of yarn um, was a remnant of one of my hobbies that lit me up when I didn't know what else to do. Like when I was trying to figure it out and I crocheted, I mean, I made earrings, I made bags, I made all kinds of like cool stuff. And that closet really served a purpose for me for a long time. Um, It never became a business. I was like, maybe that's what I'll do for a living, but it didn't matter. Like it made it, it felt good to me to create, like I used creative energy in a different way. And so I almost kind of feel like too, it was like a little symbolic that when I cleaned that closet out, now it's like more of a hobby yarn closet than a yarn. I may put six bins into storage and I still have a pretty full yarn closet. That's a whole other story. But I actually feel like it was sort of, um, like moving me to the next level. It was like sort of letting go of something or like a vision of something that had been in the past too. So it's, it is interesting, but yes, that was a very sacral response to like rip that whole thing apart and put it back together. Which who on a normal day wants to organize a closet no. unless you're a person who loves organizing closets. It's only happy when it's you're done. Not one of those yeah. people. Okay. MGs, let's talk about it. I want to dive into it. I have so many thoughts and feelings on MGs and the MG strategy. So I'm going to kick us off mm-hmm. um, with this. So we took the MG strategy. I, I want to say this. You might agree. You might disagree. I think that it is fascinating to me that I think, MG, well, we know MGs are their own type. However, the way it's been positioned is it is a uh, blend of a manifester and a generator. And then I think what people do because they don't feel like they have their own quote category and identity is they go, well, I'm either more like a manifester or more like a generator. And as a manifester, this gives me a reaction because you can't separate out a sacral. Like you just, Mm -hmm. you can't take out a sacral. What you could say is I have more motors activated in my chart in the Mm -hmm. same way that Amanda only has her sacral motor defined. But there's other generators out there who have their sacral motor and they have their emotional motor and they might appear more energetic than Amanda because they have these motors running all of the time, these extra motors, right? But it doesn't make them, doesn't make one of them less of a generator type than the other one, right? And, or more of a generator type than another one. And I think it's fascinating when I look at it to go, 
we have three types that don't have sacrals. That's the projector, the manifester, and the reflector. But we didn't combine it to go, well, they're a manifesting projector or they're a projecting reflector or Mm -hmm. whatever. We didn't try to combine them. We separated them into their own categories because they function very differently, right? So the way that I see the manifesting generator is that it is time to just give you guys your own thing, right? Because your own type, like your own identity, I guess, if you will, not that we want to put these things on as quote identities, but the, the manifesting generator, I, and the reason I say this is because people get confused. They're like, where do, where do I fit? Well, I'm more like a generator, more like a manifester. But really, I think what people are saying is something about the way in which this has been described doesn't fit. So I'm trying to figure out where I fit. When really, I think what we need to look at, and I just had a conversation with an amazing woman on Instagram. I told her I was going to share this in my stories, but here we are. And she said something to me about, because I posted a reel about man gens. And she said, but if you're a gener, if you have, if you're more like a generator than a manifester, or, you know, you have like this many motors or whatever, um, you know, do you still have to inform? Cause I was talking about the importance of informing as a man gen. Because I have a lot of manifesting generators in my life who don't inform, and I find myself getting very frustrated with them. But when they inform me, I don't feel frustrated with them. Anyways, um, what I said to her is we have to recognize, especially as it comes to strategy, that this is about aura mechanics and how our aura is affecting the environment around us. And obviously, strategy is how how uh, the universe moves us through the the world. But when you, you can't separate necessarily these pieces out as a whole because they make up the whole. You can experience different parts of yourself, just like I can experience my emotions and focus more on my emotions, or I can focus more on my body, or I can focus more on my mind. But if I can't separate out just my body, right? Because then I'd be a corpse lying in a box (laughs) at a a wake or a funeral, right? Right. I can't just be a body. We all know what it feels like to be in the presence of just a body. And I think it's the same thing with manifesting generators or any type. You really, you can't isolate any piece of the system because it operates as a whole, but you can experience certain parts. Like right now, I'm looking at you through my eyeballs and I'm very invested in the visual, but I still have a body and I still have a voice and I still have it all coming through. So the way that we kind of took, and my best friend, one of my best friends is a manifesting generator. I like study her intensely and what goes on with her. And she only has um, one motor, which is her sacral. And and her partner has three motors to find. And he's way more energetic. He will stay up for five nights at a rave and never get tired because he has more energy. But she has that sacral energy, you know, that moves through her. So I think we can say like, we have more motors that are moving through that are maybe more or a more direct line to the throat. But I think as a whole, the strategy doesn't change. And so we took the strategy. And again, I've observed my best friend with this. I've observed other manifestors, manifesting generators in my life. And I personally see this happen with a lot of them. Now I'll get off my soapbox. It is envision, <laughs> respond, inform, initiate. I know that sounds like a lot, but envision, respond, inform, initiate. Mm-hmm. I'll give an example that we use in the journal about my friend Alex. For the last year, maybe even longer, She's been wanting to do Amazon FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, which is like you can sell all kinds of products on there. And she's been envisioning it and looking into it. And she's a one three. So she's been doing tons of research. But she said to me, like, Jess, the timing is not right. Like, it's just not the time's not right. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And then she was driving in an Uber home from the airport one morning. And she said, Jess, I don't know what happened, but I, this thought came through the window. It went into my brain and it was Ubi eyes. <laughs> Her mom used to sell Ubi eyes. If anybody knows what Ubi eyes were, Ubi was a, a TV show like with hand puppets. And she was like, 
it came through my mind, the UBIs. And I thought my mom is going to help me do this because my mom sold UBIs on eBay and made a killing back in like the early 2000s. And it was something for her to respond to. Right. Mm -hmm. And she said, now's the freaking time. So she responded. And then what happened? She had to inform her mom that it was time. So she said, mom, let's go into business. Let's freaking take your UBI's experience and let's do this. And her mom, fellow MG, she was like, let's do this. Now her mom had been envisioning, she wanted to do journals and she wanted to write books. And so she's been envisioning this for years. So Alex coming to her also gave her something to respond to. So as two MGs, they've both envisioned things, responded, she informed her mom, and then they initiated and they got to work. And so there, this is where I think we see this blend and overlap. Sorry, I'm like stealing this, Amanda. Is like, no, a, you're fine. Passionately. But it is this blend and overlap of the two, but it functions very uniquely on its own. So as a manifesting generator, I would say, what have you been thinking about, dreaming about, envisioning? And maybe it doesn't come to you as a vision. Maybe it's a feeling. You're like, I just know I'm going to move to Kalamazoo and I just know it. And I'm going to start thinking about it and feeling into it. What shows up for you to respond to in your life to go, now is the time. And I think that's the main difference to me between the manifesting generator and the manifester in their strategy is I have no effing clue what's coming next. I'm like, I don't know until the urge comes and then I have to just go with it. And, and that's where our rest cycles come in. But again, the sacral motor is so powerful. You just, you can't separate that out. And whereas I might have a rest cycle, which was like my entire summer, nothing came through. <laughs> it's like you guys maybe have rest cycles where nothing's happening, but your sacral motor is still going and you're likely still responding and creating and things like that. Mm -hmm. Amanda? I almost see the envision piece as like a softer urge is kind of like how it comes. And, and again, I'm not an MG. So again, it presents differently or people might perceive it differently, but that's sort of, cause I know, um, you know, like a lot of times people will say, you have a thought or a, a something you want to do, write it down and then wait for something to respond to, right? Sort of like Alex sort of held it in her awareness and waited for something. So it's like, it is sort of like having a little bit of a manifest, a tiny bit of a manifestor urge, but it's, yeah. it's like softer. Like you just aren't meant to act on it until that response piece comes in. So it is, it's interesting. And it's funny for me, like to, I really always as a generator had a hard time understanding the manifesting gener generator strategy never made a lot of sense to me. And when we kind of sat and picked it apart and really talked about it, it was really helpful for me to like, think about it. And you're always very good at giving examples. And like you said, you do study the person you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I love the stories because it is like, she's a very good example of a lot of different areas of her chart. And like, I feel like you have such good examples to highlight it, which is always really helpful too. But I think as a generator, sometimes like I, not to say that I feel like I don't have my own ideas, but they feel almost more like downloads that I can't predict. Like they kind of just sort of like a little, I don't even know how to distinguish between what you were talking about with like the idea of flying in the cab, but it's almost like I, I say like, I never have ideas, but I also sort of know that like ideas that I have. I also have a split between my Ajna and my sacral. So that's, you know, my G center like right in there, which I think makes it harder too. But I usually know that ideas that I have, if I just were to run with it, nothing will come of it. Yeah. It almost has to sort of come out of left field. Maybe that's the way I'm like kind of saying it. I don't, I feel like sometimes things that come to me are like really unexpected versus from within. Yeah. Well, and like, um, like my friend Megan, who uh, hosts the Miracle Way retreat, she got the download of the compass, the Miracle Way compass, and mm -hmm. she started creating it. And then she waited for something to show up to respond to, to show her that it was kind of time to bring it through. Mm -hmm. So it was an idea. And then I think once people started asking her if she did things like that, then she went and created it. And I, yeah. I just want to talk about one quick thing before we go on to the projectors is that there is a level of impermanence with our... Um, like we, we have to be unattached to the things that come through us or even mm -hmm. the things that we build and create, mm -hmm. because I think what I see happen with a lot of people, I know this has happened with myself. And then, um, 
even just thinking about what I was just sharing about the miracle way, I think it's easy to go like, well, what is this supposed to become? And then going like, well, I should run it every six weeks or I should run it every eight weeks or I should do this every this or that mm-hmm. or that. I think the the creative things that come through us are meant to be birthed through us so they can experience what it's like to be on the planet, just mm-hmm. like a body, a human soul rather. But they're also, so like they're, they're we're in co-creation with them because they want to be birthed through us so that they can experience being out on the planet. Right. And then we are also being birthed by them to learn and evolve through the experience. Right. Yeah. So. No, I agree. Cause sometimes you do things and like, it, it's, I think it's like the natural inclination of like, especially coming from the corporate world to be like, okay, so once this comes out, then what's next or where do we take it from here? And it's, it is very freeing to be able to let that go and know that sometimes it could just be like a one-time thing and that that's okay. Or you could have like, like you're saying like the download or the vision or whatever it might be and know that maybe the thing to respond to, whether you're a generator or an MG never comes through and that's okay too. Yeah. It just Mm -hmm. wanted to be explored. Maybe you had an aha moment or a realization or whatever. Usually something comes from it. That's what I always find. Like in those moments, if I do have like an idea that maybe I don't necessarily run with, either I come back later and it has value or it leads me to something else. Yeah, totally. I love it. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go on to projectors. So our projector friends, we took your, um, we took your strategy. We changed it into care for yourself, be seen in your gifts and notice who recognizes you, invites you in. I want to say that the caring for yourself is also doing the, the, I think for all types, but like you have to really, there's an essence of like care for yourself and see yourself and love yourself. Because I think the big thing for um, projectors is in order for for those invitations and for that recognition to come that you really feels good for you. I think it's really important to make sure that your energy is being taken care of and you're, you're raising a projector so you can share from your own. I was just, that's the thought that was in my mind. It's so much about honoring their energy and working smarter, not harder. And knowing that you don't have to put in the same number of hours as like a generator or an MG might for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the thing is like, you can't, you you have to value, you do really have to value yourself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes like I'm just thinking about the bike biking experience with your son if you Mm -hmm. want to talk about we also don't have to if you don't want to sure we can a little bit if you want I'm just thinking like even with him you valued something in him like you saw something in him and his as his parent and you were like I'm going to recognize you invite you into this experience because I see that you're good at it so I think that um projectors you know take care of yourself surround yourself with the right people um be seen doing what you love doing the most and then mm-hmm. notice what invitations come in. Cause if you're not taking care of yourself, you're staying up late, smoking, drinking, eating crap food and sugar, and you're tired. Like you don't even have the energy to put yourself out there to be seen doing what you love doing or what feels good to you. So, um, I think the big thing is I, the way I see projectors, especially like you don't have to be going out there all the time to be seen and hitting it hard and always be visible. I don't think that's it either, but I do think you have to let yourself engage in the activities that feel good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I look at my best, one, my best friend from home as a projector um, and a couple, I have actually a lot of really amazing projectors around me. And many of them need to actually slow down and like be at home and take care of themselves and like blah, blah, blah. But then when they do have the energy, they need to be doing things that actually do feel good for them. So don't waste time going and hanging out with friends who don't actually see you. Mm-hmm. Take time and spend time with the people you care about. Or um, if you love rollerblading or playing tennis, like go and do those things. Or if you love speaking about something like, it's not about it, like you said, smarter, not harder, but it's yeah. or quite keep thinking quality over quantity too, I was right? Just yeah. gonna say that it's mm-hmm. it's not about quantity, it is about quality. Mm-hmm. So 
Go ahead if you want to share anything. Yeah, for sure. No, you know, it's funny. I can think of so many projector examples too of people that I know, like including my son, Gio. But even just, I think what's so cool for me to watch is projectors when they do these, when they follow their strategy. And again, like, especially with children, because I think they tend to follow their natural energy and strategy until we sort of like, beat it out of them in some way. And I feel really grateful to know that I can raise him in a way that's really aligned for him. But for example, like you were saying, he always loved to ride his bike and he never really liked team sports. Like we've tried all different kinds of things. And so I knew that our, um, like our area had a mountain biking team. And so you had to be in sixth grade. So when the time came, I signed him up for it. I was like, you'd like to ride his bike. We're going to try this. Right. So I like said to him, I'm like, you just have to try it. I know, you know, it's, it's like just for a few months, it's not too, you know, again, like honoring his energy. Cause I, he is pretty energetic in general when he likes something, but, um, the long and the short of it is like, he went into it and like, it was a lot, like we keep laughing at the tuna and sake girls, him and, and reflector George, like riding around on their mountain bikes three days a week. But, um, but he really liked it, but he wouldn't, he would like acknowledge that he was doing well to us, but like in a quiet way, like he would kind of say like, I feel like I'm getting better I'm getting stronger, whatever. And then he, they did, they had a race weekend and he rode the race and he really worked, he had worked really hard and he acknowledged like that it felt good to put that effort in. And the coaches all like noticed how well he did. I think they were surprised at how well he did. And it felt so good to him because he didn't go out seeking the recognition, but he he honored himself. He recognized himself. He went out and gave it his all in a way that felt good. And he got the recognition that he was looking for at the end of the day. And then he was invited to move up to the next level team. So like, there's like just an example of how, you know, I think sometimes like projectors could feel like they need to say, well, did you see my time on that race? Did you see what I did? Did you see, you know, like feel like they need to ask for it. But it's, I think to me, it's like a really clean example of saying like, just go do your thing, do what you're good at, do what feels good. Enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Have a good, like have a good attitude about like with Gio, it's a lot about his attitude, but anyway. And I think that it's really kind of fun to see when it works out the way it's supposed to like that. Totally. Yeah, I'm just thinking about specifically like to uh, my my uh, friend from Charlotte who is a projector. Um, I'm just thinking she at one point had broken up with like a long-term partner where she wasn't feeling recognized and seen mm-hmm. anymore. And I just remember she took, um, they had dated for like six years, five or six years, and she took um time and I remember she would like slow down like she was not a very energetic person like she moved slowly and intentionally through life and like she spent a lot of time at home she's been she's a six two she spent a lot of time in her bedroom by herself Mm -hmm. and I remember she was like journaling and she was just really taking good care of herself and she um I just remember she came outside to me one day uh in the living room and she was like I, um, I'm really getting connected to my core values and like, what's really important to me and looking at where I'm spending my energy that doesn't feel good or where I'm spending my energy out of alignment with my core values. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this was a period of like real restoration and rest and re honoring her energy. And then one of her friends invited her out to like a concert or a bar or a pool party or something not a pool party. It was October, like a concert bar, something. And I remember she came home and she said, I was walking into the um, stairwell at this in the parking garage. And she said, and this guy like started talking to me and he, uh, I think they ended up at the bar and he asked for her number or something like that. And anyway, she's married to him now. Right, but that. he recognized her. Yeah, like she had it. done energetic the energetic it's work, right? It's almost exactly. well. That's what I was just gonna, as you were talking. I was thinking. I think sometimes projectors could probably, and again, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not projecting this onto them, but I can imagine that they might worry about not being noticed or like have a fear of not being seen. And I yeah. think like there, we just gave two really good examples of how literally just putting yourself in the right space and honoring yourself and doing what you need to do and recognizing yourself, it makes, it almost like creates this almost unmissable aura around them, I think in some ways too. Yes. And you know what, too, as you were saying this, and we can go on to reflectors, (laughs) like I, 
I think projectors a lot of times think that they need to figure out how to make themselves visible. Yes. But I actually think it's often pulling back and going mm-hmm. within yourself and cleaning up your own energy yeah. and looking at your energetic leaks. And it's not about spending more, more energy. It's about being very intentional with your energy yes. and seeing the preciousness of your energy. Oh, I, I mean, I think for projectors, it's, I see it in geo all the time. Like even the type of school we have him, it makes such a difference. Like he yeah. enjoys school in a way. Cause he's not like going through the like traditional eight hour, like, you know, conveyor belt line of class of classes. And so like, I think it, I, I can see the benefit in so many ways. I am. I'm just grateful to be able to like raise him in a way that gives him this information at an earlier stage for sure. I'll say one last quick thing too. Yeah, like also you have to let yourself be seen as a projector. Yes. Like my best friend from home, um, we went through a lot of years where she would like emotionally close off and then she mm-hmm. would hide. She's also mm-hmm. a six two, but she would like hide. And she, there were times where she didn't let me see her. Like mm-hmm. I could see her, but I couldn't see what was going on on a deeper level. And she's had some experiences over the last like two to three years where she's like, let me in more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to help you or like, I want to support you or I, I see you. And when you let me see you, mm-hmm. I want to invite you more, but you have to let yourself be seen by the right people right. versus, you know, cause I, I could see how that could create a traumatic experience for a oh, projector yeah. opening yourself up. And then people being like, meh, mm, sorry. I know it's true. Like you can see it. I, I feel like in some ways, and again, we can move on in a second, but projectors, I think have it I think they are like, they're probably my favorite type of all the types. I have like, you, you know have me. You 8,000 projectors uh, like, in your life. All around me. And I yeah. love projectors, but I also can see how they could have a big challenge if like, the, if one of those pieces is not in what, like if it's out of whack, I think it really can, yeah. can set things off too. So I think it's like, but it's magic when you put those pieces together. Come the right way. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay. Let's move on. Our reflector friends. Yeah reflectors. I lived with a reflector, which was a really awesome experience to be able to, uh, experience a reflector in real time. You live with a reflector. You've been married to a reflector. My dad is a reflector. My dad is a reflector too. Do you want to speak about how we kind of laid out there? uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the way we talked about it is that, you know, obviously like a lot of people will say none, (laughs) right? Like they have no, no strategy. But I think it's just about slowing down. Like what we were saying, like let it simmer or sample, like sample the energy over time, see how things feel in your body. Um, and I think actually the example, like, so I talked to George about it too, because I'm like, what better way to see like how to, you know, again, cause it's difficult for those of us that aren't the types, I think to really say what it's like in, in personal experience. And so the way that he explained it was that, you know, he always felt pressured to, and I feel like for reflectors, especially like the strategy and authority almost are kind of like one and the same in a sense too, because it's, you know, for them, they kind of like, I feel like merged together, but he always would feel rushed to do things or make decisions or, you know, like figure things out. And he said, actually, when he learned that he was a reflector and that he, he was supposed to sample the energy over time, that that really was very freeing for him because it felt better and obviously for him, like he always has been very sensitive to people and environments too. Um, and again, like makes so much sense too. So like for him, it's about being in the right space to make a decision or to do his best work or to be creative in whatever way he feels called to be creative. And then obviously I think with the transits, they're going to feel, you know, different things at different times that might give them the energy to respond or what it might be. But the example that he gave was how he actually switched jobs in January but he had been approached by a former boss like in the fall. And, you know, he was kind of like, oh, this is interesting, but I'm not really sure. And, you know, like a lot of times you would feel kind of pressured. Like she was hot to hire somebody soon and they had worked together before. And, you know, you could feel pressure and be like, oh, I'm going to lose this opportunity if I don't jump on it or pursue it. But he actually is like really good at taking his time. And I think it they just talked like a bunch of times over like a six week period, like it literally before he even interviewed for the job, like they would just have conversations. And he said by the time, like, you know, and he also knew who he was going to work for, which as a reflector was like, is really was a nice benefit because he knew what he was walking into. And then he said, like, it basically gets to the point where 
it almost becomes not, it's not even a decision. So by the time he samples the energy over that time period and allows himself the space to do that, it's not even really a choice. It becomes almost an eventuality that it would be a yes or a no. And it kind of almost like he's realized like he almost doesn't have to make decisions in a lot of cases because it just is so clear cut. So that's the best way that. that I can probably illustrate it. And again, this is like for the bigger decisions, right? Too. And yeah, I think, exactly. Um, I, uh, this person that I got to experience that was a reflector, um, I saw him go through, well, the last parts of a breakup process, cause I hadn't been there. Um, but he had to go and experience this person a few times to go like, oh, the energy's changed or like the mm. energy isn't there for me anymore. And I saw him, um, sample things like we we were living in florida um i had a couple of roommates and like these he was like i'm gonna he came and tried florida out for a few months and then he mm -hmm. was like this isn't right i gotta go somewhere else <laughs> and he had been considering california versus florida and he ended up moving to california afterwards and he has this really cool seemingly very cool life that's been happening for him um but it's it's fascinating to watch that process mm -hmm. and to also be able to say like I'm realizing for uh it could be easy to judge a reflector and be like you're taking too long yes. why don't you just know oh I used to do it all the time I'm like why does it take you so long to you know I'm sacral so it's like <laughs> complete opposite but I yeah. appreciate it now too like he makes very thoughtful decisions and yeah, I think it, you know, you, and I allow him to do that too. Again, that's yeah. why things like this are so helpful to understand about yeah. not just ourselves, but other people too, for sure. Totally. And that's why the reflector too, and similar with, I feel like a, uh, I could be wrong. I think all types, we're all affected by our environment. Mm -hmm. I just think that, especially for people who have an open sacral center, you're getting a lot of energy from your environment. Mm -hmm. And so I think having spaces that, especially for as a, as a reflector, like reflect back to your own brilliance and innate brilliance. And then also, again, creating your inner environment in a way where you feel good and it feels honoring yes. of your energy. Like I know George like eats in certain ways and yeah. does certain things for himself where it's like, you got to be taking care of everybody needs to take care of their vessel. Oh Yeah. And I also think especially non-sacral people. Yes. And, and we all eat in different ways. Like that's what it's funny. Like we'll eat together, but like we may be eating three different things or like we might sit down for dinner, but then someone eats later. So I think what's, I mean, it's nice too, when you have one kid, you can't do that when you have a lot of kids because it's hard to like juggle, but I think we honor each other's differences too, mm -hmm. which is really nice. And I mean, and George is obviously entirely undefined. I and Georgia and I each only have four defined centers. I have one, just the sacral, no other motors. So like, we also like our environment to be very calm. Like we let, you know, it's like, it's very, it's very mellow around here most of the time. Yeah. Which is yeah, important for all of us. Totally. I, I had a reflector that I was um, like friendly with when I lived in Colorado. And I remember she was going to go move to a new apartment. And she literally was like, I'm going to go live there for a month and see how I like it and see if mm -hmm. the room, because the room was like in a specific part of the house. So again, it's like, I think there's a, a level of giving yourself space mm -hmm. as a reflector. And guess what? Some things you're going to know instantly. Like yes. I'm sure it's not everything. Like, no, no, no. He can be very decisive when it comes to like, if he has to, if he's buying something or if he's like those, you know, those kinds of things he's fine with, but big decisions, he definitely, you know, take his time. yeah. Especially things that, you know, have like those broader reaching implications, like a job that you have to work in every single day. Yes. Exactly. You know, you could buy the wrong car and like sell it the next day. It's not the end of the world, but like, you know, you make a choice, like a job or a relationship or, you know, anything that's, um, that's big. Totally. Well, we obviously are sharing from our own experience. We're sharing the way in which the two of us kind of see these mm -hmm. different strategies, whether it's the way that we experience it personally or the way we observe other people who are these types observing it. And we want your input. We want yeah. your feedback. We want to be- That's how we community. learn too, right? Because I, yeah, like it's, there's no, there's no one right or wrong. And I think it's like, 
everybody, even us sampling all the different ways that this express, these express for people is to me, it's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we would love to have you come and join our 15 collective yeah. and uh, purchase the strategy and authority journal and join us. Let's do 30 days. Let's experiment. Let's see what happens. Um, like we said, the journal and the 30 day, 30 day experience uh, it might be 31 days because October's 31 days. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, but it's, it is 33 bucks. So come. Yeah. And if you're like, I don't want to join the community, you don't yeah. have to. Right well, and the journal's digital. So you can even use it over and over again, just saving exactly. a new copy or printing a new copy. So exactly. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps, keeps on, on giving. <laughs> yes. Amazing. You can find the link in the show notes. We're super excited. Amanda, thanks for hanging out and jamming out on strategy Always. and authority. Amazing. Always. All right, everybody, make it a great day. We'll see you back here on the next episode of the podcast. Hey, hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm gonna ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast.